Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard, the ductator himself. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about these hunts. They were really, really good ones. And man, we are in, I'm almost, it's almost mid-season. I mean, I'm going to be the halfway point here pretty soon, which is crazy because it's not, it's not even <laughs> November and a lot of people haven't even, you know, their season hasn't even opened. Yeah, definitely crazy. Um, we're not in the halfway point because we just our opener was this weekend. So, well, I get in. I mean, just for my personal hunts because I do. I get in a lot of hunts September and October because I'm taking yeah. trips, and then they just lend themselves to two and three hunts over a weekend. And then when it opens up around here, there's a lot of times where I'm just hunting once a week. So awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely saw your uh, your post. We'll give we'll give a little sneak. We'll give a little sneak before we get into the the main topic but um you went on a, a weekend three three hunt weekend and you freaking crushed it <laughs> yeah we got lucky with the weather we got really we hit we could not have hit the weather any better than yeah. we did which is yeah it's hard to do when you're like okay we've known this weekend is coming forever and the and the weather just cooperated awesome and uh on my end we have the opening weekend um, I haven't even told you this about you. I haven't mentioned this at all to you yet on purpose. I've been wanting to tell you about this, but uh, um, I had a really scary instance in the marsh, probably the scariest ever. So really, um, oh yeah. So uh, we'll no, I really that. I want to hear about that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> let's get going. Yeah. So before we jump into the main topic, though, um, let's get in a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks out to Boss Shot Shells, American-made, high-quality shells. They are copper-coated bismuth. Um, that is the bread and butter of what Boss Shot Shells do, does. And they're a local company to me. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They're a local company to me up there in Michigan. Brandon, he's a freaking genius making some high-quality shells. And really the big plus about using bismuth is that you can have a denser pattern with bismuth it's a denser load, so you, you can hit those birds with more oomph. It's deadlier um, and American-made, awesome to support American-made companies here local right in the U.S. And not only that, but it's just a high-quality shell. So definitely check out those guys over there, Boss Shot Shells. Um, my go-to is the two-and-three-quarter-inch number fives. Yep. Uh, Saturday, I went six for six with that very with that very load. So, man, it's a deadly load. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about HTR Innovations. Um, it is a company that puts out American-made products with, from the A-frame to the Quack Pack, which is a kind of a hybrid um, decoy carrier and layout blind, the layout pad, and the gun stand. Let me tell you, their customer service there is top-notch. If you leave and <laughs> lose your stand in the marsh, they'll work with you. Trust me, they will. 
10% off and free shipping. The product code is DuckGunSpace10, capital D-U-C-K, capital G-U-N, space 10. Great products. I'm using them every single hunt. Awesome. I will mention, since I'm I'm pretty close with uh, customer service over there, and <laughs> I don't think everybody's going to get a free stand if you lose your stand. So people, <laughs> keep track of your own stuff like a grown adult. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you become a really close buddy and a co-host on a podcast with the customer support service at HDR, they'll hook you up. <laughs> just came, just just showed up today. Awesome. Thank you, man. I'm, I really am sorry about that. <laughs> Walking away from it. Uh, it's all right. It's uh, But next one's on you. So <laughs> Maybe it got stolen out of my truck and I just thought I left it in there. That's always possible. It's always possible. Yeah, or maybe you just wanted to. I don't know. <laughs> because, I mean, it's pretty hard to leave that, which I, I have left things out in the marsh before like that. But it could have gotten stolen out of my truck. Yeah, definitely a possibility. Yeah. All right. Next, I'd like to give a big thanks out to Motion Duck Decoys. Um, guys, Elliot and I have been using this system. Actually, I used it on opener opening weekend. I've used it. Uh, both hunts, that's the only thing I used out there, motion duck decoy spreader. Um, loving it. It's a system that's a jerk rig on steroids. It spreads all your ducks out. You don't have a jerk rig just in a line. It pushes your ducks out um, and spreads them out and then has the same same concept as a jerk rig, but it is called the motion duck decoy spreader. You can do four. You can do seven. You can do 11. Just keep adding them together, and you can get more ducks on that line and and uh, get lifelike motion, you know, and it's so hard to describe it in person, you know, or not in person, but through audio. If you see a video, it's so much more real to see that lifelike motion. And man, it, I mean, it looks great. So uh, definitely check those guys out. Promo code for that is DuckGun2020, 10% off and free shipping over there at MotionDucks.com. And it is not too late to stock up on hunting equipment at Banded dot com with Avery and Greenhead gear. And I just, for the first time, little Georgie, um, she used the five millimeter, um, dog parka and it fit, it fits good. It's a little bit loose on the neck cause she's a bit of a small dog, but it's really cool looking. It's got banded written along the sides. And so she wore that all weekend and, uh, I love that product. So make sure you guys go on there and check out everything that they've got. And I'm saying I'm, I'm using these, um, 2.0 waders and before I got these, it was I was getting about 13 hunts before I popped a hole in waders, and they're going strong. Now we've got four of them, and I sometimes Golden Boy wears a, pe- a pair, sometimes the boys do, and and but this year Fumbles and I are wearing the same two pair every time. And I'm just not having any issues with these things. I'm just not having any leaks. I would have, I mean, for years I would have had a, a leak by now. So do not believe the hype about. Um, the waders being leaky because they don't, man, these have been the best pair of waders that I've had durability wise for a long time. Awesome. Also like to give a big thanks out to Gunner Kennels, American made dog box, um, double wall road and molded. They are five star crash test rated <clears throat> and they're perfect for getting your, your, uh, companion, your hunting buddy from point A to point B. All these trips Elliot and I do through the season, you know, it's just perfect. Keeping your your dog out there, they're an investment. Um, you know, they're going to be safe when you're driving around. You know, it's uh, you know, it's probably a safer place than anywhere else in the vehicle for them to have them 
in the, in the gunner kennel. Um, so definitely check those guys out. Duck Gun Space 10 for 10% off over there at Gunner Kennels. Um, you know, I started using OnX um, app recently, and it's just so much better than what I ever realized. I had it a couple years ago, and I, I, I used it a little bit, but I really didn't get into the features of it. I find myself using it all the time. And I know with, with Google Earth, I used to place pins and try to send them to friends and everything. This is just so much easier. It's just absolutely so much easier. You can track where you're going. You can send your friend the pins. You can, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a fantastic system. And I'm really glad that I have it. And on top of that, you know, we were driving by a pond that was loaded with ducks. Boom. There's the owner's name. There's the address. So it's just for private and public. It is a phenomenal system to, to keep track of all your spots and information on your spots and share them with your friends. So go over and download on X um, right now. Awesome. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. And so, um, like I said, little teaser there, we got uh, three hunts to talk about with Elliot. I got my two um, opening weekend here locally hunts to talk about. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead. I guess we'll we'll go one right after the other, and you got three, so you start first. Okay. So, um, you know, I've got X amount of days off of work, and I'm really flexible as kind of when I can use them. So I've been I've been watching the weather, and this weekend we uh, I skipped the opener in the central part of the state because it was hot, bird numbers were low, and so this last weekend it was that opener weekend because I'm not going to travel every single weekend and be away from my family during September and October. I just, I want to be with around my family. I can't do that. So I think I did like four weekends out of six, or I think is what it ended up being. Um, but so this weekend was the, the weekend I, I, where I didn't go for the opener and I switched it and I was watching the weather this whole time and the weather kept kind of shifting and everything. And at one point I was going to rush down and hunt on Monday and then come back and go back down there on Thursday night. And so once the weather kind of stabilized and we thought we had a good idea what was going to happen, it, it just lined up absolutely perfectly. Thursday, it was almost 80 degrees. And as I was driving, when I got into my vehicle Thursday night, we went down Thursday night, it was 81 degrees here. And by the time I got 20, 20 minutes on the road, it was 51. I mean, it dropped. It just, I mean, the temperature went bam, just dropped. And so it was almost it's about 38 degree different from Thursday during the day to Friday during the day. And there was snow up in the Dakotas and clear North Dakota, South Dakota, even down into Nebraska. And I'm in Kansas. So, I mean, at that point, you're just like, well, I, I know the birds are going to be here. I just, they're going to be here. They just are. So we had four of us hunting on this day. I went down and we, now these are little prairie marshes. So there's no trees in the marshes. They're all shallow water with moist soil vegetation. And the area is fairly flat with some hills. So it's not like completely deadpan flat. In fact, if you see the videos, you can see some hills and stuff and, and you can see trees along the banks, but these are nice sized, open, shallow water prairie marshes and with some smart weed to hide in and, and things like that. Um, so I got down there and it was corn and Aiden and I camping in the campsite. 
And then my dad had brought it's, his camp. It's beautiful, beautiful habitat. Just to just to throw that in there. Yeah, you kind of it's kind of hard just to describe it with words, like you're saying. You're mm-hmm. just saying like vegetation and stuff. But when you just look across it, I mean, if you're a duck hunter, then it's maybe not to. I think to everybody, it's beautiful. But obviously, to a duck hunter, it's it's more so, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely true. And there's something about. Now this this area I don't always hunt the big pools, but I was hunting one of the big pools, and there's just something about a big shallow water pool with vegetation in it where you just know it goes on for about you know a distance, and it's just a very very unique feeling, very unique feeling. So I got there, and and the wind was blowing 25 with gusts probably up to 35 or 40, and so we tried we, we were trying to sit around the campfire, and uh, uh, my buddy Corn actually ended up sleeping in his in his truck and then Aiden and I and Georgie shared a tent and um, it just blew. In fact, it was funny because Jeff was uh, um, talking about his new tent. He kept, every time I talked to him, Oh, I got this new tent. I got this new tent. And then he didn't get to sleep in it. And then during the night, <laughs> that wind just snapped the poles, just snapped it. <laughs> so he woke up and man, he was in a pissed off mood. He was being a, little grouch so we got up really early i didn't know how many people were going to be there i was like well i know where i want to be and so we're going to get it pretty early and we were we had our kayaks so we were kayak because well we were going to take the big boat because we wanted to use the hcr a-frame so we were going to use the big boat but then old fumbles backed into something and blew the tire on the big boat so which really later came to make me even a little bit more frustrated than the beginning like well you know no big deal we've got We've got these kayaks and then we've got, um, for my dad, cause he's 77, we've got the yak gear attachment for the H12 kayak where you can use a trolling motor. And, and, uh, so we got on, we go down the boat, we go down the boat lane, um, which these pools will have a boat lane and then you can get off in the shallower water. And, and we found the spot we wanted and, and, uh, we set up and everything and the, and the, the movement was fantastic. We had, we had the HRA frame, three of us there, and, and the, the cover around it was really good. And then we had Jeff in a layout because the A-frame only fits three. That's um, all we want to hunt in anyway. I know that sometimes people put a four in there, but I just can't imagine. Um, so over the – we hunted – I'm not going to try to go through every single pass or anything, but we hunted from sunup until I think we quit at about one. And we were being selective with our shots, but we were we were kind of having problems finishing the birds. I mean, they would come. One of the problems we were having is that as they came in, you would get them twenty yards in range, but it's like they weren't. I'd say more like twenty five, but they they just weren't going and dropping the last the last bit of it. So with that a frame, once you stand up out of it, they see you. And you're talking about even that morning, it's like 20, 25 mile an hour wind. And as soon as they see you stand up, all they have to do is flip head up and catch the wind. And, you know, I mean, they can get out of there so fast. So calling the shot became, I'm typically the shot caller when I don't have the camera, but calling the shot becomes difficult because you see them and you're like, okay, right now what I'm looking at, I can kill that bird. And then you stand up. And in fact, I took one shot, I think. I'm guessing it was 50, 55. It was so outside what I ever shoot, but I thought I could get it. And you, and then you're up and you're on it. And you, it's like, Oh man, I can't believe I can't believe I actually, someone on the comments of the video called me out on it. It's like, you just been making this video about, I was like, 
we're I'm human too. I'm not a perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm going to take some stupid shots sometimes, just like everyone else. It's just how it goes. But but by the end of the day, um, Aiden and I had shot our limit. Corn had shot three, and he he doesn't really like to hunt clear until one o'clock. So he actually left at about eleven. Um, and then my dad shot. I think three or four. We shot 19 night. So we were five, five off our four man limit and it was just the best mixed bag. I mean, we had, um, it was a little mallard heavy, then a pintail Drake, lots of widgeon, lots of gadwalls, a redhead. I mean, if you just look at, at the, um, the stringer, it's just, a, it's about as nice a mixed bag as you can, as you can have. And the shots that we were taking and killing were just right, right smack in the decoys and, and it was it was really really fun and and um, Georgie got her first mallard drake retrieve her first pintail retrieve and and she was steady the entire entire hunt have have you had a chance to watch the video yet? Yeah, I've, I've watched your first day so far. So she, yeah, she got she got her first chase down of a mallard. I think it was a mallard, which was awesome. Uh, you know, it was out in the weeds and everything, and it's running from her and and. And she's chasing it and she sticks her head in the water and gets it. So that was really, really fun to watch her. In fact, the whole weekend she had several instances where she was going after cripples. And it was just really, really fun to watch that. Cause I mean, everything with her, for those of you who don't know, she's, she's, uh, just over a year old. So all, this is, she's been on 12 hunts now in her life. And so she's experiencing a lot of firsts. And, um, so it, it was really, really fun. She had another retrieve where, um, we dropped this bird across this channel of water and landed in thick smartweed. And man, she marked that thing perfectly. She went right to it. Like she could see it snagged it. I mean, she was perfect on the whole day. She was steady every second. She could not have been, Oh, well there was one time where, where we killed a widgeon. She had it in her mouth. We dropped another one and then she dropped the one in her mouth and went and got the other one. So that, that was the one, the one thing which she'd never, ever, you know, had that happen before, but, it was just it was just a phenomenal hunt. I wish we could have gotten our last five, um, but I mean, nineteen birds with that kind of mixed bag sitting in there in that a frame, and and we cooked a little cooked a little food, and and the weather was um, let's just think what the temperature was. It was it was a lot colder. It was the coldest hunt of the year. So you know that's what you want when you're coming through the September and you're dealing all this heat and everything, and now you get like this cold front, and man, it was. It was just a really, really enjoyable, successful, successful day, though. And I know you're not you're not going to cry any tears for me on this one, but um, I haven't shot a pintail drake in like three or four years, so it's like on my list. Normally, I shoot one or two a year, and then like the last three years, I think it's been I just am not coming up with one. And um, I Aiden handed over the camera to me, and like the next group that came in was three pintails hovering over the decoys and he killed a really, really beautiful, beautiful Drake. But it was like right after I gave him. Yeah, the I could camera. tell you're giving him a little bit of crap, but I could tell you actually were a little annoyed. <laughs> I don't I don't think I was annoyed. I, I I wouldn't say I was annoyed. The thing is is that I normally call the shot. There was pain in your voice. Yeah, a little it was a beautiful Drake. Well what the thing I was really giving him a hard time about is that when I'm when I'm not filming then I'm the shot caller. And then when he's not filming, he's the shot caller. So we, we normally talk about it because I, you just can't have your eye on a camera and call the shot. It's just too difficult. And so we normally like talk about it, but we didn't. And so he didn't, he didn't call the shot. 
And then finally I was like, man, you better shoot that. And then he killed the Drake and my dad and corn were sitting there waiting like good boys, you know, for him to call it. And next thing you know, he's up killing the Drake, but yeah, I, I certainly wasn't annoyed with him. I was disappointed that that is like, okay, here, I'll take the camera. Pintel Drake. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't saying you're annoyed with him. Just an, like you were just annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a beautiful, it was the, it was a beautiful Drake. It didn't, didn't have a real long sprig or anything, but the colors were really pretty. Yeah. Oh, no. So I need to tell the end of it. So, Okay. So I had drugged the um, A-frame behind my kayak. We had a bunch of decoys out there, too. We had a bunch of decoys. And I learned some really, I think, a couple things happened, which I'll talk about this on Hunt 3, with the decoy placement that just became really, really obvious to me as, as a mistake that I've made with placing decoys. We made a shift on this day and a shift. I made a shift on Sunday, and the ducks changed immediately. They changed. So anyway, when we were paddling back um, to the boat ramp, it was it was only about a half mile, but it was straight into like a 20 mile an hour, 25 mile an hour wind. And I had my kayak and I had the A-frame. The A-frame had wet smart weed all over it. It was heavy. And I swear to you, I was looking at the bank as I was paddling. It was such slow progress, I wanted to cry. I mean, it got to the point where three paddles – for every yard is, is about what it, what it seemed like it was. I mean, I'm just watching the bank and I'm paddling, paddling, paddling straight into this North wind. And that's the point where him busting yeah. the, the boat that I started to get a little annoyed. Cause I mean, and I don't know why my dad had that stupid trolling motor. I don't know why we didn't put the A-frame on the back of his boat because oh yeah, that would have been that would have been the smart thing to do. And then they so you probably you could have just put all the boat like literally put a line to all the boats. Yeah, <laughs> we we could have we could. I don't think we just didn't realize it until we all got into the channel. And the first part of the channel kind of curves a little bit. Then you hit the last section that's like straight north. And I actually I couldn't. I, once we got to that straight north point, I couldn't even do it. I just I couldn't. And they they were sitting up there at the boat ramp. I saw them. The the kayak was up there with the trolling motor on it, and I'm like, um, they have to see how bad I'm struggling. I'm only like 500 yards behind behind them. Surely one of them's gonna come back with the trolling motor and take this thing. No, they, they didn't. But, I mean, finally they did. But I was like, what are you guys doing? Help a guy out here. But because it got to the point where I was getting out and trying to walk it and. And it was just into that north wind. It was just, it was too much. It was too much. But the, so I was, I was exhausted by the time that day ended. My shoulders were all sore and, and we chased a couple cripples out in the marsh um, a, a long ways that we actually lost. We, we lo- I almost lost two birds on this hunt. I lost a redhead, which is my second bird of the year. And I almost lost a, a mallard hen that Candy made a fantastic retrieve on. And I know you've seen Chief do this. It's like, when you're just hoping they're going to find it and all of a sudden their body language changes and you're like, Oh, they're on it. Right. And they just kind of take off. And, uh, yep. so that was happening. And for some reason, the, <laughs> for some reason, my dad thought, where's candy? I don't know where candy is. And so she gets birdie and she's like going off after thing. I know she's on it. And he starts blowing his whistle to, br- to br- call her back. 
And so I'm like screaming, stop it. I screamed so loud I had a sore throat the next day because I was like, no, <laughs> shut up. Quit blowing that whistle. She's on it. She's on it. And she came up with it. And I, I without her, I would have lost two of my six ducks. And I, like, I only lost two ducks all last year. I don't remember the last time I lost two on a hunt. So that was an interesting, interesting moment. So, but it was a, probably the most enjoyable hunt of the year to that point, I would say. Awesome. Yeah, definitely sounds like a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was. Am I doing my second one now? Am I going straight through my three? No, I think let's go every other. Okay. Let's go every All other. Right, I'm sorry. I, I thought that's what so. we were doing is every other. <laughs> um yeah so for us we were our indiana north zone opener which is the local opener for me um which i don't know i don't know about you like if you enjoy ones you travel for yeah or your local one more i mean i like i i enjoy them both because the environments are so different i i i enjoy it just depends sometimes i enjoy staying and not doing traveling so i, I do love the trips and the camping. I don't just like long drives. If I'm camping or staying somewhere, you know, I love it, but I wouldn't want to do it every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely something about the local opener. Like I say that about something about every opener. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, it's like you said, they're all enjoyable. Um, but for me, it just, cause I guess traditionally that's when season has started. So it's kind of cool, a cool feeling. Um, to have your local opener because then you, I mean, you're just into the birds. You can scout, uh, you can be preparing for the next weekend. Um, and I don't know, like literally on opening day, I had like butterflies in my stomach. It was weird. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was, I was like so excited. Um, but yeah, so our opener, um, we had a pretty big crew with us. So I had my brother in law was in town um and had my dad with me and then my other brother-in-law he's just uh, picked up hunting again this year and i think he was on like a a six or seven year hiatus from duck hunting and uh you know he's back so i got him back i'm excited excited to have him hunting um he's hunted with us three times this year for water waterfowl and for dove so um we had the full crew there and hunter hunter that was with us for hcr and we actually went out and scouted um earlier that week and, and we kind of scouted that spot out together so um bunch of mallards using it when we scouted it um but you know we, we set up on opening day we, we paddled in up the river and uh you know got got everything so how did you scout scout that hole can that somehow be scouted by the road or something no we just had a we just had a paddle oh you just paddled into it to look and you flushed them out of there no, we hit like we we didn't go all the way. Like we hid so they couldn't you see. You saw them dropping in. Yeah, yeah. No, we could like Hear we could hide well enough that we they couldn't see us. Okay. So we didn't go all the way in. Um, actually, you know, when they started dropping in, we actually had to back out. You know, mm-hmm. and then we sat further away and watched. Um, I mean, we've had times where we flushed them up, but if you flush them up, it always screws it up. Yeah, really bad. More mallards, um, I think, than had, other species. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably so. And I, I, we've had years where we've got screwed on flushing it up. We had one year where uh, one of the guys we had a, a flooded hole in a, a cornfield um, that was already. I think it had already been picked. I can't remember. Um, 
and it, it was it was flooded and full of mallards, and they went to go check it the day before the hunt and busted up birds, like literally like a hundred birds out of oh, it. Not good. And the next day it was it was nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so if any if you're ever, if you're thinking about scouting, everybody, uh, just you have to be super careful mm-hmm. not to let the birds even know you're there on any of you know. I would say any species, but you're right. It definitely seems like geese or, or, or mallards more than like teal or wood duck um, really affects them. So, um, but yeah, we got a good scout, and so we're super excited for it. We get in there, and sure enough, first light, the birds start coming in. Um, but it was like we literally had like we had like a 15 mile per hour wind and a cold front, big system that that f- went through uh, right before that, the Friday before that. Um, and like the wind was like literally it was like five AM it was still like ten miles per hour. And then by by the hunt time it was like nothing. Mm. <laughs> so um and that's always the worst because you're just gonna have birds that finish all over the place. Mm-hmm. You can't just you can't just pick one side for them to finish to. So the first you know, we had two I think we had three pairs come in right at first light, um, all separately, and um they all finished in different places and none of them were in front of us. So um, you know, unfortunate. Then the next group that came in was a big group, uh, probably, I don't even know, probably 10 or so. And I mean, they cupped all the way right, like right at into us. Um, and as a group, <laughs> we actually knocked out, knocked down quite a few. Um, me personally, I went over three, so <laughs> not the best, way, <laughs> the best way to start your season. Um, but what happened was on it. <laughs> what? And here we go with an excuse, right? Yeah. I mean, if we want to jump to our hunt stats, ooh, man, I, I filled mine all in. And this is the worst shooting percentage I ever had. I hate, like, I feel like this season, like my whole season can be described as like a, bro- a blooper reel this year. <laughs> and it's just like, it's been, it's been so bad, man. I don't understand why I'm, while I'm on, why I'm on the struggle bus this year, but I am, man. Shooting percentage weird stuff happening it's just it's been a blooper reel so i'm going to look right um, now at the stats <laughs> i'm gonna go look at them it's like it's uh it's some humble pie for sure so um i'm just being honest with the numbers there that's what it is yeah but uh well i went two years in a row yeah. season one and season two of my filming i was i don't know what the deal is I, I went to like a six out of 36 stretch and i just got, my shooting was just terrible i think we all go through um bad shooting times but normally they don't last two full years (laughs) but i think it happens to everybody (laughs) well it's like you i don't even know if like i don't know how to exactly describe how i feel about it but it's like i have a podcast i'm putting all these youtube videos out (laughs) and i have to talk about it and every week i keep coming back and being like well guys i suck like you know what i mean like (laughs) So you got thirty five point eight. I've I've done whole years at under. I've done since I've been keeping track of shooting percentage. I've done two or three years where the whole year I've been under under forty um, percent. That's what I always always tried to avoid is those thirty. So yeah, it's not that uncommon. I've never man. I've never been that low. So uh, now the global community uh, is only forty one percent. So you know you're you're not that far off of the global community. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm being nice, but. You know, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I think it'll come back around. So all I got to do is put that full choke back in. I've been running modified <laughs> and it's been killing me. There you go. 
problem solved. So, but yeah, so yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just it's been humble pie. It seems like it's just just been a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why I can't have one hunt that just goes as planned. It's like, but it hasn't happened yet. So I mean, I shouldn't say that. I mean. Uh, probably the the one that's gone most to plan is the central opener in Michigan mm-hmm. where I shot five birds. I mean, you can't complain about a hunt like no. that. But the one thing I'm going to complain about this whole season, and I'll you know kind of give a little spoilers on this hunt and the next hunt, I haven't shot uh, a limit of anything. Like I haven't shot a limit of teal. Mm. I haven't shot a limit of geese. I haven't shot a limit of wood ducks. I haven't shot a limit of mallards. It's just like I'm piecing hunts together. Yeah. It's been, you know. So, I mean, I shouldn't complain. I've shot some birds this year but you know that's just kind of the feeling i got right now well last year you were off to such a hot start at the beginning oh yeah it's it's not been that way this Mm -hmm. year so i mean but the thing is i've been consistently shooting birds which is nice you know um just not smashing any getting any smash smash kansas style Mm -hmm. hunts like you've got so yeah um you know i just want to i just want an easy hunt I've been I've been having all these difficult struggling hunts. Just give me one where the birds don't care; they come right into the decoys, and we can shoot a quick limit. Yeah, that tell you, that sounds nice. very but, uh, similar to the hunt I'm about to talk to <laughs> talk to you about. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, kind of to wrap this one up. So, uh, you know, we I had someone comment on the video already um, today, and they're talking about the water swats, and we got a we had a. I mean, my dad's only been hunting. A little while. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a new hunter anymore. But then my brother, both my brother-in-laws, I bet they've water like they have less than ten waterfowl hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like somewhere in that six, five to six range. I think for both of them. So it's like, you know, with guys that are just getting started, I don't think there's anything to worry about with people water swatting, right? So I just, you know, we'd have birds that landed the set, and I'd say take them, and you know, they would just shoot. You know, they're they're not waiting for them to get off off the water so you know we've we've hit the water the water swatting topic before um we should probably refresh it at some point and do it again but yeah yeah i have no problem with it either we both prefer shooting them in Mm -hmm. the air but only because it's more fun yeah it's more fun it's uh part of the tradition and uh yeah but new hunters people i mean they just want to get a bird and i and i'm happy for them when they do so, but, but like I said, kind of to wrap the hunt up, we actually, we shot 10 mallards, uh, a pretty solid hunt. Um, you know, we, we could have shot more if, uh, yours truly could have shot, a, shot, shot a little better, but I mean, I ended with three, so I'm not going to complain again, but I probably would have shot my limit quicker and been able to switch sides with somebody else. Mm-hmm. All the birds were finishing on my side. I, I by far and away took the most shot. Shots of the group, so <laughs> were people getting frustrated with you whiffing them? I don't think so. I mean, it's a pretty, it was a pretty laid back group. Uh-huh. So if anybody, it would probably have been Hunter because I mean, we're both pretty pretty good hunters, and he'd been, you know, he didn't say anything. So yeah, but I'm sure there's probably thoughts like, what the, what the heck's going on with Jordan over there? <laughs> I can't believe no one was at least teasing you, man. Come on, someone's got to say know, something. I think you know, I, I'm kind of thinking back, and I think they did. Um, you know, I think my dad actually said, "I'm one of those." I, I went zero for three, uh-huh. and he said, "Is that going to be in the video?" <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. 
So I looked at it, and I just, like, after I went 0 for 3, I'm like, how many 0 for 3s do I want to put in <laughs> yeah. here? <you> know? <laughs> yeah. I put one. Like, they get the picture. I'm not shooting well. <laughs> I can promise you, so. if you put too, too many in, I can guarantee you're going to get somewhere between 4 to 10 comments of what a horrible shooter you are. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. you will. You just will. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Even even and, if uh, there's only a few I misses, the- I mean, you can like shoot well and do go a couple over threes in these like keyboard uh. cowboys or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, you never go for three, huh? It's like you just don't oh, hunt. Man. If you don't, if you think this is that bad of shooting, you just aren't a hunter. You're you're on your yeah. couch, or, or you only remember the good parts or the good yeah. the good days. Yeah. But we all miss. Um, but I, I mean, I definitely had a lot of keyboard warriors coming at me on that video. Um, I think I titled somewhere in the, the cup, they, uh, what I say, uh, mallards in our face, I think is what I said, like in the, the title mm-hmm. or something. And, and, uh, I mean, there were just as many mallards in the video that were in our face that weren't, you mm-hmm. know, like, I mean, I would say it was like 50, 50, mm-hmm. right. And they're like, that's definitely not in your face. It's like, well, most of the ones that were in our face were first light. <laughs> and then and then the next one I got was um someone talking about um and he said he said he's a podcast listener and he said that I should listen to your instructions. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here he is, but I'm gonna give him a little back on this. Um but he said that saying they're cupping in versus cupping into the hole is totally different. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have to be there, man. You can't just watch the video and tell. Like, I think the one I said cupped right in, and, I mean, it literally did. It stopped on a dime mm. and turned. And, yeah, by the time we shot it, it was, like, turning away and, like, a passing shot. But, it, I mean, it's a small hole, no wind, and the birds are coming in from every direction. This one cupped from left to right, right over the decoys that were 15 yards away from mm-hmm. us. I mean, I don't know what else you can say that's cupping in, right? Yeah, <laughs> So. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. But anyways, not to get carried away. Um, it was a fun hunt. I was, even though we were hoping for more birds after the scout, I would say that probably only half or less of the birds showed up. I think we lost a lot with that weather system that went through. Um, north wind, big big cold front, and I think, you know, they just hopped on the wind right there and, and scooted down south. You know, that just happens from time to time, but... You know, I thought we were going to really have a bang out, smash them, hunt there. I thought that was going to be the easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm still not going to complain about a day where we have, you know, shoot 10 mallards, had lots of shooting um, and lots of fun. So, yeah, overall, definitely a good opener for Indiana. Yeah. So my second day, we've got a private pond. Actually, I've never hunted it, but Aiden and my dad have access to it out in this same area where we were hunting. And we'd been keeping an eye on it, and there was something like 200 ducks on it. I mean, there was, and it's not, it's not a very big pond. So, um, you know, that first day was a long, hard, physical hunt. And so it's like, you know what? Why don't we hit this pond, hunt it till about 930, and then that would give us the rest of the day just to relax. And I can work on editing videos, and Jeff had to get going home anyway, and, and Aiden had already left. So, so we just decided that my dad's like, you know, I think, I think we can just lay on this cut bank. Um, and we don't even need to take anything in there. Just a couple dozen decoys. So we, we didn't even wake up to like five or five thirty, And, uh, we got out there with about 45 minutes of shooting time, 
walked about 150 yards under the fence and into this hole throughout the decoys. And you haven't seen this one yet, but man, I've got some pretty cool footage of these big flocks. Just talk about cupping in, man. It was really, really, really good footage. So, but at first where it was a, you got any, uh, not, not to derail you, but you got any instruction on that instruction on, on what? Cause he said to listen to your oh, yeah. cupping. No. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, my instruction <laughs> is just to be Jordan, <laughs> but we, we got out there and, um, the biggest problem was it was really dark this day and there wasn't hardly any wind. It was really dark. So we had a lot of birds coming in and it was high banks on the other side. And so we just were having bad problems seeing the birds to shoot them. So we, we did, I water swatted one and Jeff water swatted two. Cause in that situation, especially on a pond, it ponds are totally different than marshes. You never know when the pond, you get to a point in a marsh where you just kind of, okay, there's going to be birds like that Friday. Uh, we had a pretty good idea. Those birds were going to work for, throughout the day. I mean, it's this north wind and you in this cold out, but ponds are a different deal to where it can be like you get this massive push and just nothing. So we were, we were wanting to jump on the birds pretty quick. Um, and so we shot, we ended up with, um, mostly widgeon and gadwalls and I think two or three mallards, but I mean, they, it was just, it was fantastic. It was just really quick action. One big flock would come in and then there'd be birds flying all over and another flock would come in and maybe some would land a little far out. It was just like, it was great. It was, it was great. And Georgie made just the, the best retrieve, the best retrieve. So this whole flock came in of about 30 and some of these with the camera, I was able to zoom in way in on them when they were out far, you know, and they're just the whole group. If my camera was a little bit, a little bit higher quality, I'd been able to get some screenshots that were in like really of just birds all with like all 30 birds, just with their wings cups. It's just so mm-hmm. cool. You got to check it out. <laughs> and so um, I had shot my limit. I went six for six. Uh, I was just, they weren't hard shots and I was just on it. So I was six for six. I was done. Jeff had five and Jeff doesn't care if he shoots his limit, man. He hunts, you know, two, three, four times a year. And he, he just loves being out there. He really is not like, I got to shoot a limit. So, um, and my dad certainly is not like that either. And I got another one of those comments about, it just drives me crazy. How conservative you guys and down here in Tennessee, we're serious about our duck hunting and, and man, we had just been shooting, shooting, man, just relax. I shot my limit. My dad's 77. He doesn't care if he shoots his limit or not. He shot so many limits in life. He doesn't care. Corn's got five. What? I mean, come on. It's just those kind of comments are so annoying, so annoying to me. And it's not like we were really passing on a lot. We really, we weren't passing on a lot. Um, but it was, you know, like one guy shooting now and when, and we weren't, we weren't purposely taking turns like that, but Jeff had five and Jeff just wasn't being very aggressive. I had my limit. And so it appears as though we only had for the most part, one guy shooting at a time, but that was not, that was not choreographed. We didn't in, intend that. I've got no issue with multiple, multiple people shooting. Um, so anyway, this big flock comes down in and I'd say this pond is about a hundred and hundred to 125 yards wide. And so my dad clipped one, just winged it and it flew clear on the other side of the pond and landed in the pasture. And so you, you couldn't even see it over there. And so, um, at first Georgie, she didn't, I, I, I sent her and she just kind of wouldn't stood there. Like I thought she didn't mark it, but then, 
Candy jumped in the water. So then Georgie jumped in too. And I'm thinking, well, she didn't really mark it. She's just, she's just following Candy. But she's so fast. She passed Candy. She got on the other side, got up onto the pasture. And she was searching around and everything. And, and she looked a little confused. So I, I gave her a whistle because she wasn't deep enough. I gave her a whistle. She sat to the whistle. I gave her the hand signal. She followed the handle, hand signal, went back another 15 yards. And as she got to this bird, it flushed. And she, now it, she didn't like make a leaping jump, but she caught it out of the air. It, it flushed like right up by her face and she just snagged it out of the air. And uh, I wish we had gotten, I wish we had got that part on that video. Cool. Yeah. But it, it was so, man, I was just so happy with her. And then she swam all the way back. So she crossed 100, 150 yard pond, got up in the pasture, took a hand signal, found the bird from there and then caught it off the flush. <laughs> I was that was awesome. I was oh, just yeah. like, oh my gosh, this dog when it's, I mean, she's awesome now when she's five and six, when she's in her prime, I just can't even imagine how good, how good, what her ultimate ceiling is. Cause man, it was, that, that was the highlight of the day for me, for sure. That's that cool. retrieve. No, but she was, cool. I was worried that she wasn't going to be steady this whole, because day one, she was on a, a stand. And uh, dogs are more steady on a stand. Once you get them on a bank, then they're not near. So she was completely steady. In fact, there was times in which she was sitting like five yards away from me, kind of behind corn. And uh, because that's just where she wanted to sit. So I let her. And she, I mean, just <laughs> not even a budge, just steady. Both those first two hunts. So, but it, it was great. We were, we left at nine 30 and um, had 12 and went and had a, fantastic day the rest of the day hanging out in the camper and editing videos and just driving around doing more scouting and going up to the local restaurant it was just it was just a phenomenally fun day nice yeah definitely can't beat can't beat little farm pond hunts like that i say can't beat but that's probably not the the right word definitely some very enjoyable hunts that i've experienced at least mm-hmm on farm ponds like that you know so definitely definitely a cool little one to get on and uh yeah it's so easy just so easy just so just no effort it was just so easy and that that's and physically i think my dad being 77 too it's just nice just to have something easy every now and then yep yeah for sure all right so we're ready for uh day two for me yep Day two opener. So um, on this one, um, actually, I, th- I can't remember. Did we talk about this on a previous podcast or not? But I picked up a new property this year, mm-hmm. and um, which is a big deal for me. I don't get a lot of permissions. Nobody does, you know, because there's just not that many permissions to give around my area. <laughs> so um, picking up a new spot, I mean, I'm super excited for this spot. Um, and, I mean... I have like crazy visions of how much fun I'm going to have on the spot, hoping mm-hmm. that I can keep it for years, you know, on a private little private swamp. Um, and actually it's actually a pretty good size swamp. And, you know, as far as I know, um, I'm the only one that hunts it, but I'm not 100% sure. So, uh, but as far as I know, uh, I think I'm, I'm the only person that hunts it. It's and if I'm not, they don't really get in there much. So, that being said, that's that was the plan for um, the day two opener. It's just going to be me and my brother in law who is in town, um, and chief. And so I went out and I scouted it 
uh, the week before. That's the first time I've ever been in it. Like when I asked for permission from it, I knew it was in a good ducky area, but you can't see it from the road. So you'd literally have to have permission to get out and look at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, I mean, I get permission on a whim. I think it's going to be a good spot. Um, so I go out there and scout it, stand out there. And, it, and I didn't want to go at first light because I literally have to paddle in um, up a stream and then portage through um, through his property to the swamp. So, I mean, that's the only way to get in there. Uh, it's just super thick. And, yeah, so, that, so that's what I do on the scout. Um, I, I canoe up in there, um, get out of the stream, and walk into the swamp. And I just stand there. And I, I do it all. I don't, I don't go in there till it's, like, you know, shooting time because I didn't want to go the first time going dark, you know, wait, wait till daylight uh, to kind of get in there. But, you know, by the time I got in there, there wasn't much flying, but I did see some birds in the water. I saw 20, 30. And so, um, from the edge of the swamp there, they're probably a hundred yards out on a little point. So, you know, I just kind of stood there and watched and saw them swimming around, you know, saw a couple here buzzing, um, but not much. So, um, that was the plan though, for day two, going out to that little spot right there. So before before I left, I did walk out into it. I walked out um, into the swamp, maybe like 10, 15 yards. I was just trying to fill the bottom to see kind of what we were up against, like to see if it was going to be like too mucky to walk through because, you know, a lot of places you get in there, they're too muddy. You sink up to your waist. You just can't walk through it. So I walked through there. It's not bad. You know, it's like your feet are sinking in, but that's about it. You can still walk pretty good. Um, so I plan, you know, again – it's going to be just me and my brother-in-law and the dog, you know, we, we, um, so I plan that we're going to take both canoes, um, my old town 119 and then my 14 foot canoe. And we're just going to paddle them both in. And then when we get up there, we're going to pile everything in all the gear into the old town canoe and drag just one canoe. Cause that one's super light. That old town's super light, super like if you're going to do something like that, that's a perfect canoe to do it, you know, dragging it through, um, dry land. So we put all the gear in that. And we just drag it through there. And, you know, it's dark. And so, you know, the second time I've ever been in there. And I got a little flipped around. And <laughs> what was supposed to be an easy pool it just turned into a terrible one. I was, like, off on the opening of the marsh by, like, 30 yards. Mm-hmm. And and it went from, like, going through, I don't know what they're called. But, like, there are these little bushes that grow on the edges of the swamps. And when you go in there in the winter, they don't have anything on them. Like, they're just bare except for these little circle balls. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, I do. Do you know what they're called? No, I don't. Okay, me either. Um, little gumball trees, bushes, whatever you call it. Well, anyways, we're going to have to, like, walk through, like, 10 yards of that, which stinks, you know, pulling a canoe through that and walking through it and, and in the muck. But when I was off by 30 yards, it turned into, like, we walked through, like, 40 50 yards of that stuff oh, so man. were you dying <laughs> um, oh yeah we we're dying and uh you know i, t- I literally told my brother-in-law because it feels like every time i take him on a hunt um it's just something crazy like that and so he's like um he literally asked me he's like is it gonna be like like how hard is it gonna be and i'm like oh you know it won't be like I mean, we got to work a little bit but it won't be too bad but then, you have, like, who, who was it that was with you again it's my brother-in-law it's my uh, oh, okay. my wife's brother gotcha so uh he lives in tennessee he was up for the weekend 
Um, so he probably hunts with me probably on average. He hunts with me like two times a year and that's the only duck hunting he does. We've uh-huh. been doing that for the last, um, three years. So, you know, um, definitely new, new to duck hunting, but he loves it. Um, he doesn't complain about the work or anything like that, but I, I'm always putting him in crazy situations. So we get through all the briars and all the bushes out to the swamp finally. And we're like, you know, we're dead by then. Um, and then we start walking out into the, the swamp and first 10, 15 yards, it was fine. But then, um, so like I said, we piled everything into the solo one nineteen. Um, and the plan was just to walk along the edge because it's so thick through the woods, um, and get up to that point and then pull the canoe in and set up on that point. Well, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like to your feet in the swamp everywhere else. It was like literally like waist deep. And so we're like, but we're taking turns, like breaking free from the suction of the muck with the canoe and then walking like a yard back and forth, back and forth. Oh yeah. It's just terrible. And so we get about halfway there and I'm like, it's just right there. And, uh, and but shooting lights like fast approaching Uh you know i've already burnt a lot of our time i'm like all right we're just gonna have to go right here we're just gonna like let's just go to the bank (laughs) yeah and so we go to the bank he unloads everything and i go back out to um the swamp to set the decoys and again I, i think i said this at the beginning but i was only using the motion duck decoy spreader and like doing that from like in the canoe is isn't as easy as doing it like standing in in the water so, um, so I actually just walk out, I mean, you know, 20, 25 yards, uh, with the canoe, which was just like, you know, it, it wasn't easy, obviously. And so I, I'm out there and I'm setting up the spreader, you know, getting it, you know, you, you have to put all the pieces in the, the pucks and, and spread it out and set it down. And, you know, it takes a couple minutes. And so I'm like paying attention to that, trying to do it quickly and, uh, you know, get it all set, throw the um the anchor out and then set the spreader down and then i'm ready to go back to shore and i look behind me and the canoe has drifted away and it's about it's about 15 yards away and i'm in that muck and i can't move (laughs) oh my gosh what a hellhole oh you need to name that place the hellhole (laughs) place sounds awful it's i mean yeah, it's awesome too at the same time. But you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a swamp. Um and so I'm like what am I going to do? And I, I think I said it was 15 20 yards. At this point it's probably like 10 yards. <clears throat> so I'm like struggling and like I just like the more I struggle like the more I sink. And so I take the the motion duck spreader and I chuck it at the like chuck it at the canoe and hold on to the end of it. And I hit the side of it, and it pushes it further away. (laughs) And I struggle, struggle, like move maybe like another yard towards it. And I pick it up, and I throw it again. It hits the side of it and pushes it further away. (laughs) And by this point, I'm like, I'm sinking so much that water starts to come over the top of my waders. Oh, my gosh. You're really sinking. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like really screwed. And, And uh and I, I tell my brother-in-law, I'm like, again, like he's not used to being hunting in situations and swamps. And, uh, I, I, I just say, and like, I think he could like, when I hit the canoe, I was like, no, like, and he could just like tell like the panic in my voice. <laughs> and then I say, and like a much calmer voice, I'm like, I'm sinking. Like, <laughs> and, uh, how, how deep in the mud were you at this point? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I would say way steep. Just so, so, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> and yeah, um, waist deep water coming in the waders. And so he starts, he, we're, I mean, I'm trying to formulate like, what's the best plan? Like stay still. Um, we had the other canoe back at the Creek. He could have go back for, it. I mean, but it literally took us like an hour to drag it through with two people, yeah. you know, like, what's he going to do in the dark? He doesn't know the way, you know? Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can call like Hunter or Zach to come out there and they'll kayak up the stream. Um, and I'll probably just be, you know, still stuck out there freezing cold cause it's like 34 degrees. So you just couldn't um, even move at this point or what? I mean, I, I, no, I, I couldn't walk. No, like I couldn't break my feet free. Did you feel yourself? Were you actively sinking or you were just stuck? No, I was stuck. But like when I struggled, you'd sink more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was trying like, if I just stood there, I think I would, you know, I'd been fine. But I mean, I literally already had water in my waders. So, oh my gosh. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of my best options. It's like, you know, um, cause I don't want to tell John like, Hey, come out here. We're both going to get stuck then. And he's like, he's like panicking on the, I, sh- I shouldn't say panicking. Uh, eh, I don't know what the right word is, but he's like breaking big sticks and like chucking. He's like with all his might trying to chuck them to me so that I mm-hmm. can try to use them to get to the canoe. And they're like making it halfway to me, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm like, we're not going to hunt. We're probably not going to hunt. Um, at this point, it's just like figure out how to get myself out of this situation. <laughs> oh, jeez. And so, yeah, you know, I'm like thinking if I'm going to call Hunter or Zach and the, they kayak in and then find their way to the swamp that they've never been to. I'm like, well, that's going to either like there's <laughs> yeah. no good options. Uh-huh. And some, you know, th- these are like all going through my mind in like, you know, a, a 10, 15 second stretch, you know. Um, and then I feel this light breeze on my face and i look up and the canoe is being pushed back to me by the wind (laughs) by the hand of the lord (laughs) (laughs) something (laughs) very possibly and so you're like hey grab my cameras just film film it (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't like that i said that once well so the wind starts blowing blowing the canoe back towards me and like like i said i mean it probably got about 20 yards away mm-hmm. and i mean and there's just not like there's nothing i can do to reach it um you know i grabbed there's like a couple floating sticks and i tried to use those to like push my legs free and those just sunk in the mud and like oh, I, I still like i pushed my arms all the way in the mud with those sticks and i still couldn't free my feet and so the wind starts blowing it towards me towards me towards me it probably gets to about seven yards away and i take the the motion ducks and i get it all prepped i'm like all right all right, and then it like literally the wind stopped. It started to go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like great. it didn't make it all the way to me. And so I take the motion ducks and I chuck it and like hurl it. And I even like I heaved and like you know I'm like Ugh! yeah. And, like the motion duck goes, just flies through the air, and the last, the furthest decoy on it lands in the back corner of the canoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. Uh, Oh man, it was such a sigh of relief. I was like, "Thank the Lord!" Like, <laughs> and I just i i drag i drag the canoe back, and I was like so stuck in the mud from like struggling that I literally filled the canoe halfway up with water just to get it out. to get myself free. Yeah, so I'll <sighs> say that that was that was the scariest instance I've ever had. It definitely like, I mean, you. I think we all kind of feel invincible in the marsh sometimes. Like we're so used to doing it. And like, I mean, I just walked out to the marsh and set the decoys and like, yeah, it's terrible mud that 
most people wouldn't even think to go in, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, we deal with it all the time with duck hunt. And I, it's almost like I got complacent. I didn't even think about the canoe floating away. Um, but there just was just a tiny bit of undercurrent that I couldn't tell. Or maybe, I don't know if it was the wind or I bumped it or what, but whatever, the canoe actually floated away from me. And I had no real conting- contingency plan to get out of there except for that canoe. And once it was gone, like, it didn't matter. I was trying to use, like, the decoys to push me out, everything. I, I mean, I couldn't get... I couldn't get out without that canoe. And whew, I mean, I don't think that it would have been deadly. I think that somebody would have been able to come get me. John would have got the canoe and brought it back up there. But it's like, in my mind, I kind of played it out. I'm like, how many steps away from it being deadly? Like, you know, I left the, I left my cell phone on the bank. Like if I would have left it in the blind bag and I couldn't call somebody for help, I would have been, if I was in there by myself, you know, if the canoe didn't come back, it's like, I mean, you're you're pretty close to, you know, what could have been a bad situation. So I don't know. It just makes you think and makes you kind of, I don't know, just a reminder to to play it safe when, you know, everything you do out in the marsh. Yeah. So did you, you, did you not hunt? No. I mean, so I got, so got up on the bank. <laughs> You're waiting for the rest of the story, right? Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's, that was really when I think about the hunt, that's what sticks out, right? Yeah, so, yeah. That's um, what you'll remember in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, but I got back on the bank. I think it freaked freaked uh, John out more than it did me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, man, it's like one minute to shooting light. And, he, <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> I think he's just in shock. You know, he's like, he's like, he's, he's like, I'm not worried about the birds right now. I just want to make sure you're all right. And you're like, I'm like, no, I'm all right. Like, he's like, man that makes me worry about you coming out, you coming out here alone. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, definitely, definitely the scariest thing I've ever had happen while I'm hunting. So yeah, just be um, careful of that hole. Jeez. Oh yeah. Um, unfortunately we got a lot of swamps like that in, in, in Indiana, but, um, yeah. So we got set, we literally got set up right before shooting light then. So I got, got up just in time and we got to hunting and like I said, first time hunting on there, we saw plenty of birds. We saw wood ducks, um, teal, mallards, geese. Um, again, we weren't in the spot I wanted to. If we're in the spot that I wanted to get to, we probably would have shot a lot more birds. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and let's just, I mean, just going to throw it out there. Like I said, this has been the blooper reel season. Yeah. Getting stuck in the marsh. <laughs> Shooting percentage, still not great. And on a serious note, I said I'm going to switch to full choke. I'm switching to improve, improve cylinder because... I think I got to earn my modified back by hitting some shots. So mm. I went two for two for six on on the day. Um, but we shot we shot four. We shot a couple green wing and a couple wood ducks. You know, shot, shot it a few more. So, um, but you know, overall fun hunt. Great to get get John out there again. And um, you know, we saw a lot of birds, and I got a pretty good idea of where they're going to be in the swamp next time. So it's mm-hmm. you know, whenever you hunt a place for the first time. A lot of times it takes, you know, three, four, five times to really get down pat where all the birds want to be. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm getting I'm getting a better feel for it and really excited, really excited to have um, a little piece of private property to hunt this year. Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's a good, that's a crazy story. Have you ever, you know, before we jump to your last update, have you ever had anything like a scary marsh story or any kind of like... Well, we flipped our boat that time. That was pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That was not fun at all. Um, <clears throat> I got... I mean, have you ever felt in danger of, like... 
I'm trying to like think. anything like that. I feel like I have, but I can't. I guess not. I can't really. I mean, I can't really yeah. think of anything offhand. I feel like I felt that emotion, but I, I'm gonna have to think over the years and see if there's something I'm forgetting about. I know I got the, we the, flooded the boat and I got trapped on an island for a while before cell phones until ten o'clock, but I was never <laughs> in danger. So I guess not. Mm. I, I guess not. Okay. Well, let's keep it that way. Well, I guess. I hope. Yeah, I guess I'll just stay alone in my. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I don't want to be. I don't want to be at the brink of death. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully it wasn't the brink of death. No, but, but still scary. Still scary. Yeah, scary. I right, so, still put it in the title, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my last hunt, it ended up just being a solo hunt because my dad was like, "I'm tired," and you know, he didn't want to go out three days in a row, so. I went back to the to the same marsh we were on Friday, except came in from a different direction, hunted a little different area. I was really excited because, I mean, with a layout boat in one person, I mean, the ducks just can't see you. They they just they just can't see you. And so we had another front coming in. We had a snow coming in that night, huge north wind. So I expected there to be new birds again. And and I was I got out there and so I was like, okay. I'm going to be patient. I got all day. I'm I'm not going anywhere today. I'm I'm going to try to shoot five mallard drakes and a pintail drake. That's my goal, right? And so, um as this as shooting time started, I had some birds in my decoys. I think they were I had a pair of widgeon, I had a couple pairs of shovelers, I had a few teal, I had, and so but I I was just like, nope, I'm just going to I'm going to just go for the mallards and the pintail. And so we got about, I don't know, half an hour in and the movement was just not good. I was really surprised. I'm like, man, this is slow movement. I'm like, maybe I better give up this plan and just get a few birds because I am not seeing much movement. And I had a couple ruddy ducks swim in and I, I really like ruddy ducks. Um, I haven't, I haven't shot a ruddy duck in quite a while. And so I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a ready duck. And so I got up to shoot at him and they wouldn't, they wouldn't fly. And I'm like, I'm not SWAT. I'm not <laughs> going to SWAT a ready duck. I'm just not, but I got them on video. They're cute little ducks. And, and so I'm okay. And so I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm like, man, I, this movement's not very good. And, uh, next thing I know, I got a couple, uh, a little group of like seven or eight mallards circling me. And these two just drop in just perfect right into the decoys. And I, and I popped up to shoot at them and I, I kind of screwed myself up because as I got up, I couldn't decide which one of the two to take first. There was a lower one and a higher one. And I should have taken the higher one first because he was still like 25 yards, but the other one was like 10 yards off the ground. And this one was 20 yards off, off the water. So I should have taken the higher one, then taken the lower one. But in the process of kind of First, I put it on the higher one, then to the lower one. And so I was off a little bit. So I shot at the first one and um, dropped it, but not dead. And then I went after the second one, missed it, missed it. It was right over my head on the third shot. I should have killed it and missed missed both that. And then had to do a couple cleanup shots um, on um, the, the second one to kill it and everything. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then 10 minutes later, I'm just looking up and I see a pair and I see them up there pretty high and they didn't circle. It was just like drop just straight in. And the, the Drake was the lowest of the two. And so I got up, shot that Drake, but again, I didn't, I didn't kill it flush. 
And um, so I was like, no, that's not good. I mean, I was I'm like, all right, so I've got two now. I've got two Drakes. And um, Jordan, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little audio feedback. Are you hearing that audio feedback? Is it just um, me? Yeah, I just thought it was you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm not doing anything. I don't have any idea where that's coming from. So, anyway, I'm keep keep it on. Um, so then, after a little bit, after a little bit longer, um, there's another pair of mallards, one Drake and one Hen, and and the Drake comes in and and almost finishes, but doesn't. I take him a little higher up and and killed him dead on my second one. So now I've got three. I'm like, okay. So now it's back on, right? I no more. I'm going for my Drake pintail limit. Now I've got three. And um, so, but I still, the movement was really, really slow. So I just kind of kept going back and forth on, on, was I going to take only mileage? Was I not? And then not too long after that, I, I've got a whole other flock working me. It was funny. This is the type of day is like some days you see lots and lots of birds, but you only decoy a, a low percentage of them on this day. I didn't see many, but I decoyed a really high percentage of them. And so, I, I mean, there was only a couple times I had mallard circling that they didn't drop in. And so then I had birds, I had birds kind of circling. I don't know how many there was because in a layout boat, you're just kind of restricted as what you can, to what you can see. And so um, I was actually just kind of holding still and they were circling me and they went back behind me and I could tell they were going to come back around. And, and I look up and there's like three right coming into my decoys. So I'm like, okay, double, double. So um, killed the first one dead. And then the second one, I could tell I hit him hard, but he kept flying, shot a third shot at him, he fl- and he flew down about 150 yards, kind of went behind this little bunch of vegetation and just went down. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to lose that bird. And so um, Georgie and I went back down there, and I looked on the other side of the vegetation, there he was laying dead. So, so there's my five limits. I'm like, all right, sweet. I got my five drakes, which I mean, to get an all drake limit in Kansas and it's not, not November. I don't, I've never done it before. That's, that's the earliest drake limit I've ever, I've ever shot. I've done it like November 6th, like the, the second week of November, but I, I've never shot an all drake limit in October before. We, it's just, you don't see enough mallards, but we've got all this cold up north and, and, and it's still pretty mixed. And I didn't, and the, the Gadwalls and Widgeon just appeared to be gone. We saw, most of what we saw Friday was gadwalls and widgeons, and now I just wasn't seeing them. I was seeing green wings and shovelers and and the little ruddies, but I, I wasn't seeing the gadwalls and widgeons. So I'm like, you know, at this point, it's like 10 o'clock. Again, I had, I was like, this is my third video. I want to get these videos out. I'm like, I'm only going to give this hunt another 45 minutes to an hour at the most, and I'm just going to leave. If I get my bonus duck, I get my bonus duck. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not waiting for a pintail. I'm just taking whatever. I'm just taking whatever. So I got back to the boat and I lay down in the boat and I hadn't even like fully hidden. Like doors were open, my legs are out and I look up and there's three pintails right there. I'm like, oh crap, they had to see me. They had to see me. So they circled around, they came back and I'm like, if they, I can't wait. I figure they, I'm still kind of in my mind thinking they, they probably saw me at least to the point of being nervous enough not to fully commit. And, and they came right over me and I looked up and the the closest one, I saw white on the belly, and I'm like, that's got to be a drake. So I folded that one up, and I'm like, yeah, I, I did it, I did. I mean, I've never had a five a five mallard drake. That's like the ultimate in Kansas. That's the ultimate limit. You get your five 
um, drakes and a bonus pintail because that the only the limit is one on pintails. That's like the best possible limit that you can get. And so I'm all excited and everything. And I'm looking at it on the water. And I'm like, oh man, I think that's a hen. And, and it was. Georgie went out and got it, and it was a hen. And so I, I mean, I, I can't sit here and cry about that limit at all, <laughs> at all. But it was with the video. It was like even from the start of the dark. It's like this is what I'm going to do. And they're like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Oh yeah, yeah, I am going to try to do this. No, no, I'm not. It's like I kept going back and forth, and to have it end on that pintail Drake just would have been so epic to end like that. But yeah, it was still, man. It was to be out there by myself, just Georgie and I. The weather just so, you know, it's like a ducky day, cold and gray. And and the, the birds I'm shooting are just finishing. Just, I mean, coming right in, floating over. It was just, man, it was so much fun. But it would have been a cherry on the top had that have been a, a Drake pintail. But um, I think I was six for ten, I think, on that hunt is what I was. But, um yeah, it was awesome. So I just boat and this time I boated in against the wind. So on the way out, I had the wind at my back and I'm all happy. And, and, uh, and so the, de- the decoy thing that I was talking about earlier is that this happened the first hunt and the last hunt where I'm bunching the decoys up too close together and, and two in one spot, both hunts, we spread the decoys way out to where some are even out of shooting range. And when we did that on both hunts, the, cause this hunt, the first few flocks I saw didn't commit, and I spread the decoys all out. And then from then on, it was like almost every flock. And it was the same thing on the first day, too. We had them all bunched up and and um, spread them way out and put them all over. And it just, for on those two hunts, that's the small sample size, but on those two hunts, it really seemed to make a huge difference. So I'm going to kind of try to start that way and just not be afraid. I've been trying to get myself to the point where I'm not afraid to put decoys out of shooting range. And then, I mean, cause if they're landing out there, you can always go and remove them. Right. But I mean, if you can direct them with the spinner and the hole and everything, then it's okay for, for your, for some of your decoys to be out, out of shooting range. So I'm going to mm-hmm. try to do that a, a lot more often, but anyway, that concluded my three hunt weekend limited. I limited all three days and, Heading back out there this weekend. So I don't think it'll be as good. I would be really surprised if I average three ducks a hunt this weekend, I'm going to be happy, um, which is fine. I mean, a three duck average, but so it, it yeah. was just, it was a fantastic weekend, really fun. And everything went, went well and moving on, rolling on into the season. Oh yeah. Well, I'm definitely a little envious, especially of that last hunt, probably of honestly of all of them. I mean, you just. I mean, you just hammered it. Was that? I mean, that was three limits, right? <laughs> yeah, for for not not as a group, but I I shot limits all three days. Yeah, yeah, stacking them up. So yep, stacking I'm them a little up. envious. <laughs> I'm at over fifty birds, and it's not even November, which is man. I've never. I'm way ahead, it. way ahead of where I've ever been. I don't think I've ever been over fifty before November. Nice. Oh, so, we'll see. I'd like to hit hundred again. I'd like to. I really would. Yeah. Be, that's always kind of the goal is to hit that hundred. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, I guess you know, let's talk talk plans for coming up. Um, for me, I'm I think I'm I'm definitely gonna try to hit that swamp again. Um, I'm gonna hit up that swamp again, and I don't know what, what day I'm gonna do it uh, this weekend, but I really want to get back out there, figure it out. Um, I just got the itch to get back in there. So, um, 
Yeah. That's that's at least the plan. Um, but honestly, as far as everything else, like scouting, man, um, it's just been mediocre. I don't know. It's so weird. This year has been so weird. I mean, some of the places, it's. Uh, I mean, I think early season, uh, we rely a lot on our local ducks. And then we need weather systems to kind of bring in the new ones. And we usually can rely like the first two, three weeks are our best, you know, with our local ducks. Um, and this year with how cold it got before, I'm kind of convinced that a lot of them moved out mm-hmm. before hunting season even started, which is really unfortunate because it's, I mean, it is slim pickings mm-hmm. um, out there everywhere I scout. And I mean, I've been scouting and I've probably in the last week I've stopped at like 10 different places asking for permission. You know, I got, I picked up the, the swamp obviously. So that was awesome. But you know, everywhere else it's been, Oh no, my son-in-law hunts it or I hunt it or, um, you know, or they don't like hunters or whatever it is, you know? Uh, so my plan is to, you know, try to find some more birds and at least hunt, hunt the swamp, um, one more time this weekend. So, How about you? What do you got going on? Well, it's opening weekend in my area this weekend, but we always stay away from that. It's too many people. So we're going back out to where we were again. And, um, you know, I think the birds will probably be a little more stale because we've, they've been here for a while. But So we're going to hunt Friday and Saturday, optional Sunday, but probably not. And then that'll be the, my last road trip for for a while. So it'll just be digging in and hunting our local areas here, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited about that. So, and I've got Chase and Green coming up in a few weeks. We're going to hunt with them. So everything's looking good. Awesome. All righty. Well, I think that wraps it up um, for this podcast. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. For another week of the Duck Gun Podcast, we really appreciate you guys tuning in week in and week out. Um, lastly, I do want to put a, a couple of plugs here for me and Elliot. If you guys want to see any of the videos that um, that we're talking about, you can see Elliot's over on Freelance Duck Hunting and mine over on Duck Gun Chronicles. And if you guys want to support us beyond that too, uh, you know, feel free to check out. Um, we both got our hats. I got the Duck Gun hats and Elliot's got the Freelance Duck Hunting hats as well. So... Um, definitely check all that out and yeah that's all we got for this well come come join us over at patreon too guys so we've got a lot of nice little community going over there so we've got extra bonus content for you guys to check out on patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting as well so make sure and join us there yes awesome definitely good save there so um but yeah that's all we got for this week guys i'm jordan duck and chronicles elliot from freelance duck hunting and we'll see you guys on the next one